there was recently another large organization um, that went through a a data hack or a data leak. So I think first question is a data leak and a data hack, or is it the same thing, Gordon? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. For uh, for all intents and purposes, yes. Data (laughs) breach, I think, is the the main type. Well, it doesn't really matter. So it is the same thing, a data leak and a data hack. So one person's hacking, the other person's leaking. I don't know, man. Eat more asparagus. Welcome to myprivacy.help with Faris and Gordon. Everything you do online becomes information stored on someone else's computer. We help you reclaim control of your data, your privacy, your life. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on the myprivacy.help podcast. I am your co-host, Ferris, here with Gordon. Gordon, how are you doing today? Good, thanks, buddy. The weather is actually quite good, and I'm not being sarcastic, so I'm feeling a little bit better about that. But uh, before we discuss the weather and lose half our audience, what are we talking about today? So you and I have been discussing, this is in the news a lot lately, especially in Australia, is data leaks. There was recently another large organization um, that went through a a data hack or a data leak. So I think first question is a data leak and a data hack, or is it the same thing, Gordon? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. For uh, for all intents and purposes, yes. Data (laughs) breach, I think, is the, the main type. Well, it doesn't really matter. So it is the same thing, a data leak and a data hack. So one person's hacking, the other person's leaking. I don't know, man. Eat more asparagus. <laughs> All right. So there was another data hack from, uh, was it MetaBank Private, was it? Which I think is Australia's largest and main um, health insurer. It's probably how you describe them to overseas listeners. Yeah, it was. And, and look... People might be like, well, that doesn't concern me, but just think about your insurer, your internet service mm-hmm. provider, your energy provider, your bank, any single service. And I'll get into specific later with a link that you can check it out. But yeah, just because this doesn't immediately affect you, just uh, have in the back of your mind. And I don't want to make you paranoid and fearful, or whatever. Well, maybe a little bit paranoid, but yeah, it can affect anyone. So again, just think of your services and products that you use if they haven't been hacked, they will be hacked. Yeah, we'll talk a bit about this in details, people listening. So, um, and there are a lot of stats out there that, um, you know, how many of these organizations are getting hacked on an hourly basis or daily basis. And so many of them don't even report them. Um, so this is actually following up on Australia's largest hack, which was Optus, which is Australia's second largest telecommunications provider. And they had 5 million customer accounts, um, details taken. And when we say details, that includes your date, name, date of birth, phone number, and in some cases, passport number and address. Uh, we did an episode devoted specifically to that, but this seems to keep happening, Gordon. And, um, uh, what has been the response to this? Cause we know governments tend to be reactive, um, and not necessarily proactive and stuff like this. What, cause this is now a, a really big one in Australia and the second biggest one. What has been the response? Yeah. I don't really want to go into specifics because as you said, data hacks happen almost on a daily basis. So just because again, your product and service hasn't been hacked, it will be, um, 
And so, yeah, talking about specific data hacks, I don't think, yeah, maybe it's interesting to 1% of people, but I think the bigger question is, Faris, uh, what are the governments doing about it? And um, the Australian government, for example, are um, wanting you to keep your data up to date. So the hackers and the people who have got your data have more up-to-date information. So that's really helpful for them. Sorry, when you say keeping your data up to date, who are you referring to? Who's keeping the data up to date? So customers, they want customers to keep their data up to date so that when their data gets hacked, the hackers have up to date data. So that, that makes complete sense. Sorry. The customers want to keep their data up to date, meaning you need to contact whoever has your data and make sure it's up to date. Okay. So for example, Optus wants yeah. all their customers to update their data, their date of birth, their address, their phone number, and their email because you know, when their data gets leaked again, they want the attackers, the hackers to have up-to-date data. So that's, that's, okay. that's, that's so a bit facetious there. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking, by the way. This, this is, this is the absurdity that you're dealing with. And secondly, governments are now requiring more data retention. So they're saying, you know, instead of two years, it's going to be three years or five years. So you're going to keep, you're going to have your data kept on file for even longer. So. Um, how do I say politely? The government is doing the opposite of what is correct. So whenever that is data hacks, they actually say we need to make sure that the companies that got hacked are keeping your data for longer periods than necessary than what it is currently um, allowed to. Correct. And and, and I don't think that's just the Australian government. I think that's sort of worldwide, you know, Uh, data retention is a huge issue, especially in the EU. And I wish that you, Actually, Australia and America, I wish we had more laws like the EU because they seem mm. to be on top of all this all this stuff. But that's a that's an episode, that's another discussion for another episode. I want to get practical. And mm. uh, we talk about data hacks and data leaks and cybersecurity and privacy all the time. But we talk about the theory of it. Let's get practical. How can you, as an individual customer of said product or service, how can you mm. protect yourself against a data leak? Uh, well, from my personal experience, I think look, there's two ways of looking at it. One is you have a email address that does not have your full name in it, cannot really be tied to you. And that email address is just for like, if you're joining subscriptions, you know, for example, I've got, I join a lot of investment and, um, um, or YouTube or anything, any subscription that you join where you're just going to get spammed, you don't give them your personal email address. You just give them one that you can just trash, uh, one that you can delete. So that's one way. Um, whenever I go anywhere or if I need to sign up for a service to ask for my date of birth, I give them a fake one. I don't give them my real one. Um, I never give out my real phone number. Now, with stuff like what we we're just talking about, like Optus and MetaBank Private, you can't do that. Um, you actually have to provide an ID. Um, and a lot of this stuff is linked to your credit rating. So, uh, you know, you sign up a mobile phone account, you're entering into a contract, you actually need to provide your, your full name and date of birth. So when it comes to the menial stuff, it is pretty easy to protect yourself. When it comes to um, things that require a credit check or proof of identity, I don't know. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know how you can mask your date of birth and your address. So that's all good privacy best practices, and I think that we should uh, perhaps do another episode on best practices. So, you know, email address and um, obfuscating some information, but that won't protect you. 
there is mm. absolutely nothing that you can do to protect yourself against the data leak because you are not an employee. You do not control the IT systems of said product or service. Yeah. So, for example, if the Optus hack and two family members of mine were affected, um, they could have the best security and privacy in the world, but they, they don't wait for Optus. They're not involved in IT in Optus's IT systems. So there's actually nothing you can do to protect yourself against the data breach. So this is going to be a short episode for us. There's absolutely nothing you can do. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. If this happens, what do you do? Do you change your phone number? Do you change your email? If they actually get access to those dates, actually, first of all, can you find out if you've been hacked? If you're not, if you've been hacked, sorry, but if your details have become vulnerable, can you find that out? Yeah, you can. And so I've got two uh, really good websites for people to check. And I'll, for those listening, I'll say them. And also for those um, watching on YouTube or BitChute or whatever, um, you can check out have I been pwned.com. And I'll spell that H A V E I B E E N P W N E D. And again, I'll link down the show notes. That's somewhere that you can actually, it was actually set up by a Microsoft. Um, security expert. I'm not sure if he still works for Microsoft anyway. It's open source and you can put in your email address or phone number and you can actually see if that's been involved in a data leak. Now, the huge assumption is that data leak is known. And as you mentioned, Faris, a lot of companies don't actually report their data leaks. So we're hearing about all these data leaks and stuff like that. But, you know, 50% of companies aren't actually reporting their data leaks. So there's that. But that's a really good first place to start. So for example, I know, for example, there's Optus data leak information's in there. Um, and so what the guy does without going into it, and we actually, we should have him on the show to explain sort of the whole process or whatever, but he actually takes um, a hashed or what it, what is sort of like a an encrypted version of the, that information and you can search against it. So um, that site has 12 over now over 12 billion with a B, uh, email addresses and phone numbers in it. So, um, and he just links to the public sort of knowledge of that, of those data leaks. So he's not like storing it, um, on his own database. So you can um, put in your email address and phone number and see if you've been hacked. I've got all kinds of email addresses that I've used in the past that are in there. They're, they're in all kinds of data breaches. I don't use those email addresses anymore. So I'm not worried. The second place you can look is cyware, C-Y-W-A-R-E.com. That's more for corporations. So you can put in Netflix, Dropbox, Gmail, iCloud, whatever, or your energy company, um, whoever, and you can actually see if they've, you know, there's any uh, data breach alerts. So there are news articles, there's press releases, um, all that kind of stuff. And more often than not, again, without being paranoid, um, you'll probably find your product or services in there. Um, one last thing before we sort of get into the nuts and bolts of it, one of the huge advantages, Faris, and you mentioned having a different email address, um, if you have your own email domain and let's say you set up, um, Faris.com and I set up, you know, Gordon.com, by the way, that's not my real domain. Um, I can have unlimited amount of email addresses at that domain. So I can have blah, blah, blah at gordon.com for example now the huge advantage of that is that i can create all these sort of randomized 
anonymous email addresses and I can use one for banking, one for Netflix, one for this, one for that. Um, another advantage of that is you can go to haveibeenpwned.com and you can have them monitor your entire email domain. So for example, I've got Gordon.com. And if any email address is known in a known data breach, it will actually alert me to say, hey, uh, blah, 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 at Gordon.com has been in this data breach. So that's actually a huge advantage of having your own email domain. I know I've opened a can of worms into another discussion, but um, yeah, having having that ability to control your own email instead of having a Gmail, Hotmail, iCloud, whatever account is is super important. So with that, Gordon, um, we will get into the emails. But first of all, so I, while you're talking, I just um, put in, this was one of those emails I used for just junk mail subscriptions. That has been pawned by, and it came up with a few services that it was pawned. What's my next move? Do I delete that email address? Stop using it altogether? Kind of depends. So, I mean... <laughs> This is where I would like to get practical into best practices. So uh, let me answer it by answering what to sort of, how, how to minimize your personal data that's exposed in a, in a data breach. Because as we know, unless you're an employee, unless you're involved in that company, you can't protect against a data breach. All you can do is minimize and obfuscate, which means confuse the the data that's, that's actually leaked. So the first thing to do... Um, is uh, have a unique username. And a lot of people don't sort of think about their username. They use their name or their email address or whatever. But with a password manager, you can actually create a random username because a username is half of your login. You have a username and your password. Well, if you're if I'm using Gordon as my username everywhere, well, an attacker or whatever, or if it's released in a data breach, has half of my login already. Um, a password manager not only creates passwords, but it can create random usernames. So that's just a no-brainer. Use a password manager to create unique passwords. I don't think we need to explain that too much, but if we're using a unique password on every single product or service, an attacker um, can't actually guess you know, your, your password or whatever. Um, now, email. So I, I think people really need to start using um, their own email domain which I'll explain in a second. Or you can use, say, for example, FastMail or ProtonMail or any other kind of private email provider because what they provide is something called um, email aliases. So let's say you have Faris at ProtonMail.com. That's your your real email address. Well, you can create an unlimited amount of email aliases, blah, 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 Faris at ProtonMail.com, blah, blah. And so... To answer your question, your email address has been involved in a data leak in the past. If you've used an email address, email alias, you can just throw it away. You can just delete it and create a new one. Um, That's not a big deal. But if you've used Faris at ProtonMail.com, you can't do that. So um, that really goes into the importance of using a unique email, a unique password, and probably most importantly, importantly, a unique... email address for every single product and service. A unique email address for every single one. But if you're using something like subscriptions or, you know, how you get like, you you buy a pair of shoes or, you know, something. um, And that's okay to use the same one 
across those. It's like, okay, I'm, I don't mind unsubscribing anytime. That was not important. No, That's okay. I don't think so. So I'll, I'll go into why, because let, let's say, yeah, you go to buy a pair of shoes, right? From the local shoe store or whatever, and they have a reward program or they need your email address for whatever reason. If you're using the same email address that you're doing banking with or whatever, what, what you're saying is this local, um, a foot shop, a sneaker shop, shoe shop has the same security as my bank. Because guess what? When you want to reset passwords, you're using the same email address. Oh, so I didn't mean that, Gordon. So I, I totally like my, with my banking, they have a password that, sorry, they have an email address I don't give to anyone else. But um, like, yeah, if, if you buy something online, you obviously need to give an email address. So with that one, I tend to use the same one. And it's, if that one gets high, it's no problem because I can just reset. Is that okay if you use it across like same categories where it's just not nothing, you know, nothing personal like a bank or um, anything official like that? Yeah, I mean, that that's probably okay. I mean, the thing is, and the key to all this is a password manager. A password mm-hmm. manager not only stores and generates passwords, it can store email addresses, it can store usernames. And by creating a unique uh, email address, which you can do with a private email provider, um, okay. obviously a unique password, um, it just saves it all for you. Is it a hassle? Yes, it is. When you go into a form, you got to create a random username, you got to get an email alias, you've got to create a password, but you only have to do that once. And your password manager saves it. It's really not as big a deal as what a lot of people thinking. I know what you're saying. Like, who cares if my um, shoe store uh, gets a data leak and that information's out there? That's true. I mean, um, that's not the end of the world. But if you use that for some other things, then kind of a pain because then mm-hmm. not only, at the very least, you're going to get a lot of spam and phishing and all kinds of stuff. So um, I would just get into the practice of using a unique username, email, and password for every product and service. Okay. And like you said, there are services where it's easy. It automatically does this. You can just create a masked email and you have a password manager. So it's not like you have to type it in every time, come up with a whole new password. Yeah, absolutely. And password managers are free. I mean, uh, I, I've used LastPass. I recommend Bitwarden. Um, they are free. So there's really no excuse not to use a password manager. It works on Apple, uh, iOS, Android, Windows, Linux. It works on every single platform. So there's no excuse to not use it. Okay, cool. Um, So for those people who have been hacked, there's nothing they can do about that other than check, just double check that their email or phone has been pawned and they go to that website. Um, and what they do is if they, if it does come up, so like Metabank private or Optus, is it worthwhile them just getting a new number and basically stop using the email address? Is that what they should do? It, it kind of depends. Like for, for the family members, I've suggested changing the email address. Um, that's a huge problem because they use that same email address for everything else. Like, you know, that's, that's kind of all. The problem is, um, guess what your email is used for? You know, your email is used to reset passwords. Yeah. So if they've got financial institutions, so it's it's not that particular data breach that you're worried about. It's more where else have you used that email address. And if you've used it to buy Bitcoin, you've used it for insurance, you've used it all over the place. Well, now a hacker has your email address. If you have a weak password, they could probably guess your password, but they don't even need, to re- need your password. So if they can get into your email, um, that can really wreak havoc. So... That's why email and phone number are never sort of good to use for authentication. 
Um, I know I'm going around circles, but um, on our Bitcoin Basics podcast, we mentioned 2FA, second factor authentication, Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, Don't use with your bank, especially, and financial um, platforms, don't use your email address or your phone number as sort of that second factor of authentication. Use an app or an actual hardware device um, to generate this sort of random one-time uh, password that lasts like 30 seconds um, because, yeah, phone numbers and email addresses are just too insecure. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's about it. There, there's heaps of things that we can go into, how to mask your mobile phone, blah, blah. And And the thing is, and the last thing I'll say is that a lot of people are worried about their credit card and banking details. So there's been a data breach. Um, their username, email address, phone number, date of birth, um, physical address um, have all been released. And the thing that they're most worried about is the credit card or their banking information. That's actually the least that you should be worried about because you know what? The bank probably already knows that that data breach has happened. If not, you can always just call up the bank and say, hey, my um, details have been in a data breach. It's really not the end of the world if your credit card is out there. Um, it is the end of the world if your ID date of birth, physical address, phone number is out there. So uh, people sort of need to prioritize about um, the information they're giving. And, um, you know, um, for a lot of these services, you may want to think about whether I need to sign up to this service or not. When I'm filling out the form, is it mandatory? There are a lot of fields that aren't mandatory, but everyone Mm. just seems to fill stuff in willy-nilly. It's like, well, maybe you don't need to fill in that information. As you said, Faris, you know, with the government, stuff you can't fake your information but with a corporate form or product or service you know um i'm not advocating uh, but maybe you want to think about well do i need to provide correct information or not yeah um so without going on too much let me give three things that people can do right now number one use a password manager they are free there's really no excuse to use one Number two, use 2FA wherever you can. So that's usually an app on your phone. You can get a hardware dongle, but you can get an app on your phone. Um, sometimes called OTP, one-time password. There are plenty of apps out there that'll link in the show. Again, free. And um, number three is use some sort of private email. So whether that's signing up for FastMail, ProtonMail, or some of these other products or services, um, or better than yet, um, have your own domain create your blah, blah, blah.com domain, then you can create unlimited amount of email addresses at that domain. You can also do stuff like checking and monitoring that entire domain for anything that's leaked. Um, and that really is something that everyone can do today. It doesn't take much time. It doesn't cost much money, but you are infinitely protecting yourself against data breaches. Oh, I think that's very helpful, Gordon. Um, yeah, and if anyone has any questions, just come to myprivacy.help. That's what we're here for. But uh, yeah, it is one of those things where, look, it is simple and there's a lot of effort, but it will save you a lot of headaches down the line. Yeah, um, and a lot of stuff else? you're going to have to do once. It's not as if you might have 50 passwords or whatever. Yeah, it's a pain, but you don't have to do it right now. Just slowly, gradually over the next few months, Every time mm-hmm. you log into that service, just change your username, password, email, and whatever. And, you know, that yeah. that's that. Um, and I mean, full disclaimer, Faris, I would love for everyone to do this by themselves. You know, 
do everything themselves, use the right tools, use the right platforms, do a complete privacy reset, use best practices, blah, blah, blah. But we understand a lot of people maybe don't have the technical ability, they don't have the time, don't have the patience. Yeah. We do offer those products and services at myprivacy.help. Check those out. And uh, we do actually provide a lot of things that are going to prevent and minimize your data from and security from uh, privacy breaches and, and hacking. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Gordon. I don't have any more questions, but if you are listening, guys, and you have a question, please hit us up and we can answer your question on the show. At, go to Bitcoin Basics. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> go to myprivacy.help. Go to both bitcoinbasics.help and myprivacy.help. Subscribe, share, and like this podcast. Thanks, Ferris. Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit myprivacy.help.